All right, welcome back, everybody. I'm Matt. I'm Jimmy. We are Two Average Guys. Appreciate you joining us uh, for our podcast today. We have a special guest, Adam Carricker, on the line today, and he's gonna we're gonna talk to him a little bit about this last weekend and how uh, how the game went. So, Adam, Absolutely. welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, fellas. I think, Thanks uh, for coming on. Yeah, I don't think we got you last year. I know it's been a couple of years, so um, you know we stayed in touch and appreciate you coming back to chat with us a little bit. And you know, we you have your own uh, character chronicles, and you do your show on on Sunday nights. So you know, I know you get your your word out quite a bit, and a lot of people get to hear you. But uh, it's always nice to be able to chat with you, and uh, you know, some of our fans bring some questions as well that they might get they might not get answered on your show. Um, so definitely appreciate you having you on. Yeah, and the character chronicles is great. <laughs> yeah anytime my pleasure good um so let's let's talk first uh about the offense so um you know we played fordham um the expectation was uh 40 what 42 and a half i think was the spread something like that um you know we we did what we needed to do we scored 52 what were your overall thoughts of, of not only the offense in general but we got off to a really slow start tell us about your thoughts on that slow start and how we kind of picked it up yeah, it was, it was kind of disconcerting to me. Like, it was a quarter and a half, and we were still within a touchdown. And, um, you know, no disrespect to Fordham, but there's a reason. There's a separation from FBS to FCS, and not only uh, FBS to FCS, but also Power 5 teams within the FBS. Like, there's, like, a, a double separation there. So, for me, I was just like, oh, oh okay. Uh, what is this? You know, and the offensive line kind of struggled to block – and I know we got some young guys up there. You know, uh, Bryce Benhart started last year, but he's technically still a freshman. You got Piper, you got Corcoran on the left side who are freshmen, although they did play against Rutgers, so they got some experience a year ago. But I felt like that left side was definitely having a little bit of a hard time there. Um, and it's one of those things where as the game wore on, they blocked better and better. Uh, it's hard to tell, you know, is it because they were playing better or better? Or they're, I mean, which bigger was Fordham just getting worn down as the game went along so it was nice to see the improvements as the game went along you know it was what you would have hoped to have seen right out the gate uh, we obviously did not see that you don't know were they finding rhythm were they getting some confidence were they building momentum or was Fordham just wearing down um, you know the final score it, it's kind of like I said it was a, it was a feel-good game it's a game that Nebraska scheduled because they wanted to win Mm-hmm. You expect to win. You expect to win by a certain amount. You accomplished all those goals. You won. You won by that, you know, said certain amount. And so I guess, you know, it, it's a feel-good game. You won. You feel good about it. But for me, it was always about with this game, what do you take going forward? Did you build confidence? Did you build momentum? Did you get some continuity? Uh, you know, that's what I'm waiting to see when we play Buffalo next week. Well, there was something that... <clears throat> I watched uh, I watched your show last night, Adam, and um, you were talking about the the option and the triple option and 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 how you 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 want to see more of that, you know, with you know bringing Tori into that mm-hmm. triple option, and and I just loved it, and you know we loved it, and I know you loved it because you were talking about it so much last night. Um, you know, can you, do you see that being something that we do moving forward and that can be sustainable? I mean. I hope I hope we do it moving forward. It, you know, kind of like I chatted about last night on Character Live. It was like, you know, we thought we were getting um tempo spread mm-hmm. read option offense, and we literally have gotten one of those things consistently, and that's the fact that we're spread and we have no fullback. <laughs> yes, <laughs> the up tempo has not been consistent. The read option has not been consistent. I mean, I, I 
kind of wonder where these things went. And again, I chatted about these things, but you look at Josh Heupel, mm-hmm. who took over after Frost at UCF. They had top 10 offenses the three years since Frost has left. He goes to Tennessee, and in their first game, I'm like, okay, what's he going to do? And they're playing Bowling Green, you know, yep. but they come out, and they're snapping the ball every 20 seconds. They're running yep. the read on yep. with, with the quarterback that didn't do well at Michigan but comes to Tennessee and is all of a sudden doing well, and it's Bowling Green. But it's still game one, year one, and they're marching up and down the field. And I was like, oh, that's, that's what I thought <laughs> that's we what were going to look like. We were going to look like? Yep. <laughs> you know, and I mentioned this as well, Chip Kelly. Now, he's not exactly doing what he did in the past. His offense is a smidge different. Mm-hmm. But years one through three were really ugly for him, just like Frost. But now here in year four, you're seeing them pound beat Hawaii LSU? with what was it, 400 rush yards. Okay, it's Hawaii. What can you do versus LSU? Well, you got to beat them by double digits. And you got some physical guys up front creating holes and physical running backs and i'm watching these other places and i'm thinking back to our expectations and then at least i'm like we're not seeing some of this but at least if we could get back to doing the read option maybe increase the tempo a little bit you know i like the triple option part of it there's so many things you can do with that guy in motion he can become the pitch man he can become a lead blocker as, a, as an extra blocker in place of the fullback, but you're going outside with, with the receiver uh, being that lead blocker. And it's hard for teams to adjust on the fly to motion like that, although in college they do a pretty decent job of it. Or he can just be a misdirection guy, and then all of a sudden you're going the other way. There's so many different things you can do with it. Now all of a sudden you're picking up the tempo. Now all of a sudden you're, you're getting really, really good because you're actually doing it a lot. Oh, okay, this is what we thought we might get you know, three, four years ago. You know, so that's kind of what I'm hoping to see, and we just haven't seen it. No, I totally agree, and that's when <clears throat> when I watched the show last night, I was, I just kept shaking my head <laughs> up and down, and I'm like, yes, 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 this is what we want, <laughs> this is what we were expecting, and you, I mean, you hit it right on the nose. I mean, well, and, and you mentioned some of the some of the different things we could do with Samore, and I think it makes me think a little bit about uh, Jamal Turner. We had him. You know, he was a quarterback converted to wide receiver, but we still had him in a lot of different packages. We could have utilized him a lot better than we did. We could have utilized him, but when we did utilize him in different ways, um, he was effective. We utilized him on the the jet sweep. We utilized him on some of those pitch plays, and and he had the speed. He 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 did what he could do. He was more of a distraction when he was on the field than than he was not a distraction. And I think that with Toure – he showed that in the game that what kind of playmaker he could be. Oh, for sure. I mean, we've got some talented receivers. You know, Oliver Martin didn't didn't start on Saturday. Hopefully, he'll be back for Buffalo. We know about Omar Manning and his physical capabilities. And then, mm-hmm. but Zuri's really the only one who's kind of stepped up so far on a consistent basis. And he's the guy that has shown he's got ability. He wants to. That's why he came to an, an FBS yeah. school, a power fire school. He wants to prove it. He's motivated. Yep. You know, a lot of times when highly recruited guys come in and they aren't panning out, sometimes, and I've seen it firsthand, sometimes they're not the star. They don't know how to handle it anymore. Sometimes they just struggle in a new environment. A lot of times it's a combination of all that because they're not motivated. Like this guy's coming in motivated. Yeah. So to me, that's something I would capitalize and take advantage of as well. It's funny. So, I, I don't even know how I ran across this. Maybe Robert retweeted it. So, uh, RG3, back in his Baylor days, I think he retweeted it like a year ago. They put a receiver in motion, and they gave it to him on the jet sweep. And then they had the running back set wide, so the jet sweep turned into the option with the receiver and the running back. Yeah, that's amazing. Now, 
I don't know if we want to get absurdly crazy with all this stuff, <laughs> but there's just like so many things you can do if you just, I don't know, attempt some of them. Yeah. Yeah, and I think one guy, you know, you mentioned the talent and receiving core. I think you know, we, we've heard so much, you know, leading up to that game against Illinois, how talented our running backs are, how talented the receivers are, most talented team. Um, and, and honestly, I'd agree. I think we have probably the most talented team. We had six guys run the ball, and they're all capable of running the ball consistently. I think Step separated himself as, as that number one, which we thought he would. Right. Um, but on the receiving side, one guy, and again, it's towards the end of the game, um, so you got you know some guys that are probably depleted on defense or Fordham, but Chancellor Brewington, um, for one, I heard about him but didn't know what to expect. He set a couple really good blocks in the red zone, and then he had that catch uh, for the touchdown right after those two blocks. And he came across from the left side of the line and made two really good blocks on a couple runs. And I'm like, who is this guy? And then he made the well, catch. And, and he caught that touchdown when Martinez is still in the game. Yeah, and so I, I would love to see more of him. I mean, I think he came out and proved that, hey, I could be a big a big guy for us in this, in this game. And I think he's a tight end, if I remember correct. But Austin Allen had four, 61 yards receiving on four catches. I think we were able to see more – um, in this game, uh, obviously Illinois was not did not go well, but um, it was nice to see some other guys get in the game and, and prove themselves that they could be on the field maybe more often than what they would have initially. Yeah, I've been saying since Austin Allen got here, we got to get more out of him. He's been he was voted a team captain, so mm-hmm. clearly he's doing something it's right. A big kid. <laughs> yeah, I mean he's six. He's six eight. Maybe I mean he listed as six eight. Yeah, I've never seen anyone listed shorter than they are. He looks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, and it, I've just been like since day one, we got to get more out of this guy. When Kurt Raftol was here, I was mm-hmm. like, man, because he was six seven, six eight. Yeah. I know he's no longer here, but it's like, man, we could have got the ace formation, two tight ends, like what the Patriots used to do with Gronk and Hernandez. Yep. You know, and so obviously that's not going to happen now with Kurt being gone. But it's like these different possibilities and ideas and things that you can do. It's funny when you talk about Chancellor. So <laughs> I cover the team. I know the team pretty well. Yeah. And I'm looking, so I always print out the box score and the stats after each game. And my printer, is, I need a new printer. <laughs> and so the only, one of the few names I could see under the receiving stats was Chancellor's name. And I'm like, oh, that must be Fordham. Where's Nebraska? Like, I literally, and I don't mean, I mean no disrespect, but somehow I had missed this guy. And so then I finally put together, no, he plays for Nebraska and he caught a touchdown pass. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay. Well, and you know, like you said, no disrespect, but you know, we we we, <laughs> we do this every week too, and we know the players and everything. And he caught that touchdown, and I text Matt, and I'm like, "Who the f was that?" I had to, I had to, <laughs> I had to Google the roster, and I think he was a, maybe a late transfer. I don't remember. I remember hearing about the name, but didn't know much about the guy where he came and, from. And I'm so. like, wow, I, I feel really bad saying that, but <laughs> I, I just don't know who that kid was. And what a name! I mean, it sounds like. Uh, Sounds like a, a doctor or something from England. I don't know. It's it's crazy, but um, but I was impressed with with what he did in the short amount of time he saw field. Um, talk about our running backs, Adam. How'd you feel about? Um, I mentioned Step. How do you feel about Step and the other guys that ran the ball in the game and their their ability to get the ball downfield? Well, going back to Chancellor real quick. I mean, obviously he had the touchdown catch, but I always like it when a receiver is willing to block. And, yep. you know, I coach, I, so it's funny, I coach a sixth grade team, and, and the smallest kid on my team, his, his name is James. He's he's 60 pounds. Like, he is <laughs> the shortest, smallest kid on our team. You never know it. He plays with no fear whatsoever. So we're playing in our first game, and 
I called pass our toss. It's a swing pass to the running back. I know that's an abomination to Husker fans. Don't, <laughs> don't run it 50 times a game. But all the receivers they crack block. They, they block down. Mm-hmm. And then the tight end kicks out. And the running back gets it. We scored half our touchdowns on this play. And he heard me say it. And he runs up to me and he goes, can I go in? I want to do a crack block. <laughs> I looked at him and I was like, yes, get your butt in the game. I That's love great. that. So I, I love guys, whether they're in sixth grade or whether they're in college football, that have them type of mentality. So as far as the running backs, I'm not going to lie. I was genuinely surprised that Step wasn't the guy game one. Yep, I did. And it's not that Gabe hasn't looked good in practice or didn't earn it. I guarantee the coach is always going to give the benefit of the doubt to the older player, which is what Marquis Step is, mm-hmm. to the true freshman Gabe Irvin. At the same time, they're both brand new. So maybe he didn't. You know, so for, for Gabe to earn the starting job game one as a true freshman speaks volumes. Yes. But I can't help but wonder sometimes if Scott, like, outthinks himself. In I think so, too. Things. Mm-hmm. And it's just like Marquise is clearly the better back. He's older. He's the guy with experience. Why was he not starting game one? Mm-hmm. And again, we're not watching every practice. We don't see everything in fall camp. But you watch the first two games, and he's clearly the best back. And I'm like, how can you not get a guy like Omar Manning on the field more? Some of the other guys who've come in, how do you not get these guys on the field more? I almost feel like he outthinks himself. Mm-hmm. So Marquise, in my opinion, has clearly earned the starting job after the first two games. And, you know, Gabe, like I said on this previously, he's got an insanely bright future. What he's done to this point has been impressive because how many true freshman backs have started game one? Never. At Nebraska <laughs> yep. or any college. It doesn't happen very often. So that's awesome. But I do think, you know, we got to narrow down the amount of guys who are getting, getting the rock to two, maybe three. Because it's hard to get a rhythm. It's hard to get continuity. It's hard to get any of those things. It's great that we have so many guys with potential and mm-hmm. ability. The problem is nobody is really consistently producing, and that's more on the old line than it is the running backs at the moment. But you got to get somebody into a rhythm, somebody with continuity with Martinez so you don't have fumbles in your first possession <laughs> when you're trying to go hurry up. Yep. You know, so to me, it's Marquise. It, Gabe's got to be in that mix because obviously they've started him. And like, like I mentioned, I Jock has yet, and he's not the most well-rounded back that we have. He's got to get better as an overall whole. Again, another two freshmen, or another freshman. Mm-hmm. And so for me, though, the number one thing a running back has to do is be that dynamic with the ball in their hands. And he does things. Him and Marquise are the two best with the ball in their hands as a running back. Okay? So you've got to have certain things where you can utilize Jock has yet with his strengths while he improves on his weaknesses. And, you know, maybe Sevion Morrison is mm-hmm. better all around, so maybe he's that third guy. Yep. I don't know. Uh, but those are kind of my thoughts on the running backs. Okay. Yeah, I think, you know, Yant is one of those guys that he just seems like a bulldozer. Um, if we were to bring back the fullback, I would. he's, what, like 245 <laughs> pounds, 6'2 or yeah, something? He's huge. Yeah, he's He'd yep. be a great fullback if we brought back the I formation. Like, he would be a guy I would love to be able to run a triple option with. Or be able to just give the rock to the running back and have him set the set the block and, and big, open up a big hole. But um, yeah, I think you're right. I think you know Step is definitely clearly number one. I was wondering in the first game. I know he got injured in um, in camp, and I was wondering maybe if that injury was still bugging him a little bit. They didn't want to play him 
as a number one. Oh, I don't know, but yeah, uh, but it seemed like he played much better this game, and he looks hard again. Five point six yards of carry. And then Sevion Morrison, I was extremely impressed with him. I was Agreed. very happy to see him on the field and and use his speed. And you know, um, it, it's it, fun it, to see. It, it's tricky because it it does seem like some of these players probably are better at practice than they are in the game, and that's why we play them. I mean, maybe you know, between Adrian and you know some of these other guys. I mean, we keep hearing how this is the best team that we've ever seen, and then we see him on the field, and it's not <laughs> the best team we've ever seen. But. Yeah. Um, yeah. That definitely step has separated himself yep. for sure. Absolutely. Oh, good. Um, I, oh, good. I was just gonna say, I I do think this team has the most talent, ability, and potential. You know, coming into the season, though, we hadn't. I mean, Cam Jurgens at center. You know, he he's always had the staff issues. You know, mm-hmm. they they seem like they're they're better to a degree. You I know? think so. so and I guess Adrian Martinez from his freshman year, I wouldn't say he's proven for his past couple seasons. I couldn't point to anybody on offense and be like, that guy's a proven player. Like, I couldn't. I really couldn't. Yep. So that was always my big question. How long is it going to take these guys to gel? Does it take two games? Does it take ten games? Does it take a whole season? Will we see it next year? You know, will people have patience for that at this <laughs> point? Yeah. You know, to me, the defense was going to have a huge advantage right out the gate just with all the experience. And it's funny because you talk about players looking differently in practice than in games. I mean, I can think of, oh, man, I can think of three players right off the top of my head that when I watched them in practice, and these guys were all Nebraska, I was like, that dude could be an All-American by the time he's gone. And did they start for us? Yes. Uh, Would a a dedicated Husker fan remember their name? Yes. But they never looked in a game how they looked in practice, any of those three guys. And so that that does happen. I mean, when the the lights are on and everybody's watching, you know, some people play better. Some people do not. And then there's eighty five to ninety thousand people out there, <laughs> yeah. and the games on TV, <laughs> and your first game at Nebraska playing in front of fans. Yeah. So, um, yeah. well, let's touch real quick before we go to special teams, which hopefully we don't spend a lot of time on. But uh, talk about Adrian and Logan Smothers. So we have to see two of our quarterbacks in there. Obviously, Adrian had a good game, seventeen to twenty three for two fifty four and a TD. Two rushing TDs. Um, what were your th- overall thoughts about him? Again, slow start, but then he kind of picked it up. What, what were your overall thoughts? I mean, we, we know the, again, talent, ability, potential that he has because we've seen it as a freshman. It's not mm-hmm. like, you know, you know, you watched Mackenzie Milton for Florida State last <sighs> night. Yeah, and the, the guy was catastrophic knee injury. Doctor is shocked that he can, called him a medical marvel. And you know, you watch him. How's he going to be able to move, plant, cut, quickness? He looks just like he did two years he, ago, obviously. He was awesome. Three years. You said yeah. maybe he's a step, a little, maybe maybe half a step slower than he normally was. Yeah, but, but he, he still he, was good. He, he was good. Yeah, he looked good. Adrian's never had anything like that. Now, he's been banged up here and there. My point is, we know he has the same physical ability he had a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. But now he's got a bunch of experience. You know, so for me... That ceiling is still high for him. It's just that ceiling appears much farther away than it once did. So for me, the one thing that he's got to get better at is the little things. Mm-hmm. Like in the first game versus Illinois, he missed a couple of layup passes. You know, you got the some of the miscues early on in the game on, on Saturday versus Fordham. Just more consistency, doing the little things better, okay? And talking about that continuity, and that's where constantly rotating guys in and out. I think sometimes, you know, you keep guys fresh, and that's great. More guys get experience, and that's great. But how do you get that continuity with the same guy mm-hmm. over and over? It's constantly changing. But 
you know, I'm I'm rooting so hard for him to play like he did as a freshman. And what was crazy is you could watch his games and he'd actually make the wrong read, you know, on the read option. Mm-hmm. But he just juked the defender, you know, because the, the defender would fly upfield and he was supposed to give it to the running back. He'd keep it, but he juked the defender, run around him to the left for a 50-yard touchdown versus Colorado. <laughs> for example. Yeah. And he'd dive into the end zone. You know, he actually made the wrong read on that play, but he was going so hard, so fast. I've never seen that same type of just hair on fire type play since. So um, yeah, he looked better. Uh, still little things here and there. You know, Logan Smothers comes in, and I'm not saying Logan's a better quarterback. But he, he leads him pretty much right down the field for two touchdown drives right away. Whereas yeah. with Adrian's first couple of drives, they were a little bit sloppy looking. Yep. So just that consistency and continuity. Well, and if you look at the numbers, I mean, <laughs> you can't argue. Adrian had <laughs> phenomenal numbers across the board. I mean, two rushing touchdowns, 17-23, 254, and a touchdown. I mean, what 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 else do you want? Yeah. Um, Logan, when he came in, though, he, he just he ran hard. Yeah. Like, he was – Decisive. He's probably a little he amped up too, and I'm sure he was. But you know what we've seen with Adrian is you know he he kind of he kind of pauses and then makes his decision, and then it might be a little too slow. Logan was I'm going, yep. <laughs> and and I think a lot of people liked that. So that's just my take on it. But yeah, I'm excited about him, and I've heard a lot of good things about Harburg as well. So I, I'm excited about Logan and. Hopefully he gets to play against Buffalo if we can jump out to a lead, a big enough lead. But I'm not sure that happens. But it'd be great to see him, you know, get in a couple more games this year if possible. But um, yeah, yeah. With Adrian, you know, for me it was. I guess I didn't. I, I'm aware of what the numbers are for me. Right. I didn't really look at what the results were. I look at how the plays unfolded Looked. and how they developed. And I mm. guess that's what kind of stuck out to me. You kind of pointed it out. Logan's versus Adrian was Logan was just much more decisive. And, and things of that nature. So, okay. uh, you know, the Buffalo game, hopefully we see that decisiveness out of Adrian as well in the same type of numbers. Yep. Yeah, we're going to need it because I heard your 27-24 prediction last night. <laughs> <laughs> so real quick, yeah, special teams. So, you know, we we had some blunders in that first game against Illinois. Um, you know, averaged 40 yards a punt on the two punts we had against Fordham. We, we didn't miss any extra points. We're kicking the ball in the end zone now. Um but punt return, punt return and kick return are two things I want to focus I, I, on. I love Cam Taylor Britt, but he is not a punt returner. Put somebody <laughs> else back there, please. So, so your thoughts, Adam, on, on the punt returns, and then, and I have a, just a question that you may or may not be able to answer. But why do we keep bring? Why do we keep returning the ball in kickoffs when it's, it's mm. when it is not kicked in the end zone? Why don't we just catch it? We and return it to the it? twenty when you can get the ball at the twenty-five every time. <laughs> I'll start with that. Uh, you know, we talk about all these guys on the team, just in the running back room as an example, have this talent, ability, potential, trying to find different ways to get them involved. Yep. You know, I don't know if any of them can catch a punt. Now, I'll tell you right now, <laughs> catching a punt is not as easy as it looks. Uh, I think with Cam, it's more the decision-making, whether to catch it or not, you know, that decision rather than the ability to actually catch it. I think you got to give someone else a chance back there. You know, something in me... Tell, tells me that, you know, maybe it dates back to Frost playing days and, and things of that nature, but something tells me he's going to put Cam back there again. <laughs> and, you know, as long as he makes the right decision, I think he can do some things with it. Yeah. Personally, I might give someone else a chance at this point. But, uh, you know, it's funny as far as 
punt returner or a kick returner and returning it or not. So, <laughs> you know, I've got you got to you got to keep in mind this is a former D lineman talking you know, <laughs> a long time ago. Uh, so, I'm watching Notre Dame Florida State last night. And I'm mm-hmm. watching the Notre Dame returner catch the ball like the seven or eight yard line. Fair catch. Fair catch. Yep. Yep. Same. You know. And I'm still from the generation of, well, you do that on the 7 or 8 on a kick return, you get the ball to 7 or 8. I'm still adjusting to this new rule you can get it in the 25. <laughs> yeah. It's still foreign to me. Yeah. Um, and I turned to my wife. And this, yeah, I remember when I interviewed Johnny Rogers, uh, I think a year ago when I interviewed him, I asked him about that. And he goes, I never, never... <laughs> as for a fair catch in my life. He never did. It's like that was an attitude, that was a mentality, that's what I was doing. And I have always felt that way. No, I've never returned a kick in my life. But that's, you know, if I did, I would imagine that that would be my mentality. I'm going with this thing. Uh-huh. You know, every time, no matter what. And I turned to my wife and I said the same thing. And I said, I hate that. Now, I guess part of that depends on the success that you're having. As a selfish kick returner like me that I would have been, I'm bringing everything back. But if we're not having success and we're not getting into the 25 or past the 25, I might as a coach have a conversation with myself as a kick returner and say, hey, we got to adjust this mindset. The mindset of a returner should be I'm bringing everything out. Because if it's not, you've got the wrong mindset. It should be on the coach to say, hey, this is what we're going to do and this is how we're going to adjust this based on what's been happening. Well, and like you said, that Notre Dame guy caught the ball at seven. I mean, I think he's coached to to, to catch it. And, yeah. You know, we're going to take the ball at 25 every time. Don't yep. matter. Now, now, one thing I'm going I'm to talk real quick before we go to defense, Adam, is um, Alante Brown. He's a guy that we got to see. Um, he uh, returned kicks amount. last year. He returned kicks. He was uh, kind of a kind of like a Wandell guy in the slot, kind of a, that X factor. Um, good slot receiver, good uh, cross route receiver, short routes. Um, but I, man, I'm just wondering what hap- Why is he not playing? Do you know anything about Alante and kind of what's going on with him and and why he's not seeing more time on the field? Mm, I, I think I think Alante. I think Xavier Betts and I think Omar Manning are all kind of in the same boat. Okay. Because Frost has indirectly addressed this a few times, and he talks about you got to show up every day, and you got to bring it every day. In other words, you got to practice better, mm-hmm. and you can't be up and you can't be down. You got to be consistent. And they need to step so, up. Yeah. So from that aspect, I completely one hundred percent agree. The other thing that enters my mind is you're not going fast pace. So part of the reason that you have the same receivers on the field all the time if you're going fast pace is you don't have time to sub them on and off so they have to know all the plays. Okay. Okay? Well, you're not doing that. And you're not doing it consistently. So you've got time to sub. You've got time to rotate. So why can't you utilize them in the packages and the plays that they know? Yeah. Okay? Until they get to know the whole thing. No disrespect to the guys that are out there. But Alante, Xavier, and Omar mm-hmm. are physically talented human beings. Yep. Get them the ball somehow. Pump return, kick return, packages on offense. And, I mean, I, it's, I'm sure it's not laziness, but it's almost like frost out thinking himself. Like, yeah. you got to figure out how to utilize these guys. They're young guys, too. It's mm-hmm. going to take a while. You know, Now, if he was going up-tempo, fast-paced all the time, I'd be singing a different tune, but he's not doing that. Yeah. 
Okay. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's an interesting take because, again, like, no respect to Levi Falk, no respect to Wyatt Lever, no respect to these guys that are that are actually really good receivers. Um, but, you know, we got – I think the, you talk about that dynamic ability and that, that talent. Alante Brown, Xavier Betts, Overman are clearly a step above as far as right. talent level and but, ability to be a playmaker. And that's that's why it's been, as a fan, frustrating. But you also we also don't know what's going on behind the scenes is also – frustrating because you want to see these guys on the field so bad and be producers and Alante brown had a great catch from uh, uh from smothers in the corner of the end zone that was actually a touchdown it was but, actually a touchdown but it's 45 7 they're not going to review it but i mean it was a hell of a good catch and you know he's the kind of guy that can make those catches it's, not just in the short game but in the long game it's tough because some of those some of those other guys i think maybe, maybe they're working harder than those guys mm-hmm. and that's why they're getting rewarded for playing time yep and even though those guys are, like you said, more dynamic than them, they are putting forth the effort to get themselves on the field. Could be. And that, that, that's my take, I guess. Yeah. No, that's, that's a good point. I think that's probably what's going on. You know, it's that fine line between, as a coach, that's, that's what you get paid the big bucks. You know, how do you decipher the kid that's maybe got a little bit more ability, but, you know, maybe not the same mental mindset versus this kid over here and that's it's the same thing as a two quarterback system where you got a pocket passer and a scrambler you know which you're looking for what are you trying to do with it yep um maybe that's not the perfect example but you kind of get what i'm picking up what i'm putting down yep is that that's like the never-ending conundrum that a head coach is always going to have and you know you talk about the talent and the ability well that's great but it doesn't (laughs) help if it's not the game you know what i mean if they're not putting in the work and effort to learn the playbook like you said if they're running yeah. tempo and i'm so glad i'm not a football coach adam <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's yeah. part of it man it is yeah it is part of it so it's that's why they get paid the big bucks yeah so so i'll apologize because obviously we're going to go over 30 minutes yeah, here sorry, but let, let's touch on defense because this this is uh obviously our defense coming in we got a lot of guys that returned and we have a lot of just good raw talent on defense uh, what was o- your overall um, thought on the defense on Saturday and some of the things that you see that we need to improve on? Oh, man. Uh, Fordham was moving the ball on us. They had like over right? 200 yards of offense at halftime. Yeah. yeah. And they, they ended up with less than 300. So, you know, 90% of their offense came in the first half. Then we finally shut them down. And, you know, luckily enough, when they get into our territory, Deontay Williams had a couple of picks and we mm-hmm. forced some turnovers, but it was kind of like, Dome I, don't, I don't like how much they're moving the ball on us. Yeah. Uh, this, this is not good. You know, and then obviously after the first quarter and a half, Fordham had very little success, you know, wasn't able to score again, wasn't on our side of the field a ton, uh, which is a lot more what you would have hoped to see and, and expected to see from the opening kickoff. So that was good. You know, I thought in the Illinois game, man, we had first uh, three sacks in the first quarter and a half versus Illinois, mm-hmm. and we've had one in, in the next six and a half quarters, one sack. We've got four so far in the year. Yep. We've got to find a way, because the Illinois quarterback had no time. Like, we were just all over him. Yep. And then all of a sudden, they had a little bit more success running the ball, then it was play action, it was less predictable, and we just haven't in pass rushing situations you didn't know if it was going to be a, a pass or a rush or not because it was less predictable and all of a sudden we haven't been able to get out to the quarterback since the defense was not the issue in that Illinois game the defense no. played well enough to win Great. you know you look you look at the Fordham game the last two and a half quarters they looked exactly how you would have expected them to look 
I think the only thing that really bothers me is why didn't you come out the gate like that? Like, do you really need to be motivated at this point? Yeah. After all the crap that you're hearing for the past three <laughs> years and one game at that point going into the Fordham game, why do you need any motivation to get going? I don't care who you're playing. It could be Tim Buck too. you. That was the only thing that bothered me. Outside of that, I think the defense has played fine this year. Um, and I like I like I kind of anticipated they're the strength of the team coming into this mm. season. Hopefully the offense catches up as we go along. Well, and I thought, you know, especially like you said early on, that first quarter, quarter and a half of the game yesterday, um, you know, that Fordham quarterback was decent. Yeah. I mean, for take it take it how you want it. Um, and they had a decent receiver, and they they were moving the ball. Um, I, I just don't know what it is that we need to do because, like you said, Adam, we were better that two and a half quarters, you know. What what do we need to do to be better right off the hop? Yeah. I mean, I, and obviously it's Fordham, and we, you know, like you said, Matt, we didn't have much tape on them or whatever. But they were able to move the ball pretty early, and that was pretty frustrating. Um, we obviously figured it out, but uh, that was just kind of tough for me. Well, I think one of the, the things, Adam, and you can correct me if I'm wrong because I never played football, but one thing that they had a lot of su- success on was their crossing routes. They were able to go left and right over the middle of the field, and we had no answer. And our, our linebackers our linebackers are really good. They're the, really good football the, players. Some of our favorite players that are on and, the team. And I feel like um, – some of the pass coverage just might not be there from our linebackers. And, I mean, are you seeing the same thing? Do you think that's a place we can improve on? Yeah, I do. Um, you know, for me, it always starts with the pass rush up front. And I just – I feel like since that first quarter half versus Illinois, we have not been able to get that same consistent pass rush. Yeah. So a DP – all right, so here's a funny story. So, you know, D linemen – always get put in the corner in practice you never get the middle of the field no you know you're yeah. put in the corner watch they're always in the corner of the end, of the end, the end zone, zone. outside the end zone like nobody pays attention to the d-line okay but then when game time rolls around all of a sudden it's all about the d-line getting the pass rush all of a sudden the linebackers and secondary are talking about getting to the quarterback and making their lives easier they can't cover for seven seconds it's funny <laughs> how that works it is and all of a sudden, we're really, really important. We become the bell of the ball, you know, when we were the ugly stepsister all week, you know, and game day rolls around. That always kind of amused me. But to me, it kind of makes my point of it. you got to get pressure on the quarterback. I did not mm-hmm. see consistent pressure. I did not see a lot of sacks, a lot of knockdowns. There were some in there. Not like it was zero. But it wasn't enough. Yeah. And, you know, I'll never forget my first game was against Western Illinois. Okay, my sophomore year. And I had a goal that if I didn't get two sacks, I was going to be pissed. <laughs> That's and awesome. Luckily, I was able to get two that day. That junior year, we started with Maine in a game that was way too freaking close. You know, to this day, that still bothers me. But it was always one of those things where, hey, if, if, if I see a team like Fordham or Maine or Western Illinois, you know, it, it can be hard to get motivated because you know you're better. But to me, that's where a goal of if I don't get two sacks, I'm pissed comes in or something like that. And we got to see that type of mentality because to me, yeah, we have good linebackers. We got Deontay who can play, Cam Taylor, but we got some of these guys in the yeah. secondary. But they can only cover for so long. I don't care who they're covering. True. Uh, and, you know, it's not like Fordham was sitting back there for seven, eight seconds. You know, crossing routes or kind of quick routes over the middle, they tend to give guys fits. If you think back to Ohio State, Michigan from a, 
what, three years ago, Michigan had the number one defense in the country coming yep. into that game, but Ohio State dropped 62 on them mm-hmm. because Michigan was staying man-to-man and Ohio State was running cross routes and just embarrassing their linebackers. So those are routes that are challenging for linebackers. Uh, but if the quarterback's comfortable, that's going to make his life a thousand times easier. And, and, you know, one thing I felt like our linebackers weren't do is they were letting them across the middle pretty easily. Like, you've got five yards to make that receiver's life hard yeah. and to jam him and to rock his world within reason. You know, I didn't feel like we did a great job of that from a coverage perspective. You know, I feel like we haven't done that in a lot of years, Adam. Um, we need 11 Adams on the field on defense. <laughs> I, I like that. <laughs> I like our cor- I like when corners and you see it in, in a lot of other teams where the defense is up on the line with the receiver they jam him at the line that immediately changes the entire outlook of the play and I feel like we're always giving them way too much room to make a move and make those uh, adjustments on the offensive side of the ball to where if we're up on them and we jam them at the line it changes the entire play um, that was just my thought as well on that but um, no I agree I think for years. We watched a Charlie McBride, and yep. I remember yep. last time I interviewed Charlie, he, he, I, I said, hey, what do you prefer, zone or man? He goes, oh, man. Man, man, go, for sure. I go, okay, bail or press? He goes, oh, if you're, and I, I knew the answer to this. He made me sound like an idiot, but I already knew the answer. <laughs> I just wanted to get it out. He goes, well, if you're going to run man, you got to press, press out of press. <laughs> You know, I know that, but not everybody knows that. Yeah. You know, if you're running cover three, you're going to do a bail technique where you're off and you're bailing to the deep thirds. If you're man to man, you're going to, more often than not, come up unless number one you don't think you got the speed to keep up with the receiver or two you don't think you can get a pass rush and i think for years we've seen the bail technique because we haven't had the confidence we can get after the quarterback if you're jamming that's great but now you've got to stay with that guy which is tough to do for a lengthy amount of time if you're not getting pressure on the quarterback so i think they go hand in hand i would much prefer a jam like you're in that it's just it's like when I coach basketball we're going to press that's just me when we play football we're going to blitz when we coach basketball I coach basketball my team's going to press I love that's it my mentality <laughs> aggressive Adam aggressive Adam you know, character in, in baseball we're going to steal yeah. you know, we're going if we get out fine um, you know what my, my baseball team was I'll be honest we were we were terrible we were 1-16 in 16 last year we were an AU team playing against nine-year-olds. We were okay. playing up a year, and so we struggled. And then somehow we played some 10U teams, which was a point. Huh. But the one thing we could do, I mean, the, the, the speed of the pitchers was was overwhelming for our kids. Even the speed of the ground balls. A 10-year-old hit to an eight-year-old. It yeah. was like, oh, my God, just don't get killed. <laughs> you know, but one thing we could do is we could, we could run the bases. And I had this one play where... You know, our runner, a third, would literally go halfway between home and third and just stand there and stare at the catcher. <laughs> and the catcher would throw it to third. Well, okay, just run home. By yeah. the time they catch it and throw it, you're, so we did that all day long. That's Finally, funny. teams figured out you have to run the runner back <laughs> to third. So anyways, you know, it, like, I just got that attacking mentality. So yeah. I like, man, I like press, and I like blitzing. And But you've got to have the guys to do that. And if you've got the guys you can get, the rush without having to blitz, you can keep a couple of safeties deep, maybe single high free safety in the middle of the field. Or if you're like, uh, what was it? Oh, who was I watching the other day? It was Georgia. They hmm. could shut down Clemson's run and yep. keep two safeties deep. So they mm-hmm. were man across the board with the they two did. deep and they weren't worried about the run. Oh my God, that's the defensive coordinator's wet dream. Yeah. You know, if you can do that, that's great. But it all depends on what you've got, what you can do. But if my, my perfect 
world, we're going to press and we're going to bring the pressure. Uh, but it kind of depends on what you've been able to successfully do or not do as well. So do you have any eligibility left, Adam? <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, so Adam, three, three guys that I want to touch on real quick, and then we'll, we'll get you off the phone here. But um, Garrett Nelson, Caleb Tanner, I'll start with those two because we, we know what they can do. Caleb Tanner showed up against Illinois and just rocked some people's world. And he's the kind of guy that we've been talking about since he was a freshman. Mm-hmm. Uh, when him and Cam Taylor came at the same time, I, we kept messing up their names because they're, so, they're not too far off. But Caleb Tanner and Garrett Nelson. Garrett Nelson, to me, is a, he's a ball hawk. He's a guy you need to say, go get me the ball. Go get me the ball. And that's all I want you to do. Go give me the ball. And last year, I think he was a little standoffish, and you know we didn't quite see that. And then at some point, the he 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 turned that switch on and go get the ball. He's whoever has the ball, go get him. Don't hesitate. Don't cover. You're gonna get the ball. Love the kid to death. What are you seeing from Garrett? What are you seeing from Caleb Tanner that you like and that you'd like to see get better? So I'm with you on Caleb Tanner. I've been talking about him since he got here. Yep. yep. Talk about an athletic kid. Everyone thought he was going to go. If you remember, he was going to go SEC. I think Auburn. Everyone thought. Yeah. That yep. Sudden, he yep. Hat switch on signing day. And so you got that type of talent, ability, potential, athleticism. He just hasn't. He hasn't been able to get on the field consistently until this year. And yeah, he showed a little bit of what he could do against Illinois. So yep. Caleb Tanner, Phil Darius Payne, Garrett Nelson. Those are three guys yeah. that showed you what they could do early on against Illinois. And, you know, it's interesting because I will never forget my junior year. We had a true freshman defensive end who played for us, and he actually earned freshman All-America honors. He had, like, what, seven sacks as a true freshman, and he would come in on nickel situations, a pass-rushing situation, and he was very talented, very good player, great guy. When I left... People would ask me what how I thought he would do, and I said, oh, that talent ability's there, but I said, it's different when you're in down after down after down, and it's first down and second down and third down, drive after drive, and you don't know if it's a run, and you don't know if it's a pass. It's hard when it could be a run or a pass to fly off the ball versus you know you're coming in in nickel situations, and I said, it's hard when you're getting hit in the mouth 80 times a game versus 20, and I said, if he responds well to those two things, he'll do phenomenally. If not, that's that's where you know I'm kind of curious how he's going to do, and he did just fine. He, I don't think he ever reached that sack total again, but he did just fine. But it's kind of like with those guys, like down after it's finding that consistency. Can you do it for a quarter and a half versus Illinois? Yeah. Can you do it for four quarters? That's the question. Can you do it for four quarters the next week and the next week and the next week? And to me, that's the biggest thing I want to see out of Caleb is that consistency. Because mm-hmm. um, he's got that potential and that ability. And if he came in just in nickel situations, I guarantee you, he'd be like a blur on the screen. It's not easy to do that every down. Yep. With Garrett, um, man, it's hard <laughs> not to like him just as a human being. Agreed. Just his effort, oh, just totally his energy, agree. Just his mentality. Uh, I love all that. He's the type of mentality that we need more of on yep. the team, on the defense. You know, sometimes when you run into a, a, a mentality like that, mm-hmm. You run into someone who may not be quite as disciplined all the time. So Garrett plays like his hair is on fire. <laughs> but he does need to be a smidge more disciplined in certain certain things and yeah. make the play within the discipline of the defense. Yeah. I would rather have a guy who's all over the place and maybe a little out of place sometimes than a guy that's worried about being perfect and he's playing slow. So I'll take 11 Garrett Nelson. Me too. Day. Same. But you can always get better. And to me, 100%. the one thing he can improve on is just 
making plays with your hair on fire through the discipline of the defense. There you go. That was actually uh, really, really uh, well stated. Yeah, he, he, he's still one of our favorite guys coming in. I mean, he came in with the uh, with the mullet, and then, you know, he's, he's still a stud out there. His front teeth knocked yeah. out. And, and, and I think, you know, I think the guys that are in their black shirts, I think they're playing They're playing well. They, they've earned it. One guy that is uh, that got in the game that – I don't, I don't know how to say his last name, but Ativa Maga Clements. Oh, yeah, number 22. <laughs> All you got to say is number 22. 22. Long, long hair, 22. He was a beast. He was a beast. He was fun to watch on the field. Do you know much about him? I don't. I feel like I'm getting introduced. And, again, I cover the team. I take pride in knowing Same. The That's how we are, too. You know, Adam? I think sometimes as a human being, you naturally focus on, like, maybe the too deep. Yeah. If it goes beyond too deep, you don't pay as much attention, so I'm going to have to. Exactly. <laughs> That's exactly how I feel. More abreast. But, yeah, I mean, he, I was with you. I was like, man, this, this kid looks good. I got to learn more about this kid, so I got to get myself up to speed. Yeah, but he, he, he came in and was like, I'm just going to make plays. Like, I'm, he, he reminded me of Garrett Nelson freshman year about his, his athleticism, his speed, his he his was a ball, he, he was a ball hawk. He just was like, I'm going to run to the ball. They can't do anything. I'm going to go to the ball. Yeah, and he's, he's got more hair, so his, his hair's on fire. You know, but, so he, he's a fun guy. I'm looking forward to seeing more of him, too. But I don't know if you knew much about him or not. So, well, good. I, I don't know as much as I, I need to. I need to uh, get myself up to speed on him. Very cool. Okay. And I think he's a freshman too, so you got you got plenty of time, Adam. And so do we. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, good. Any anything that uh that, that else you wanted to talk about? I know we've taken up more of your time than we planned, so we apologize for that. Anything else that you wanted to talk about or discuss with us that uh before we get you off the phone? Oh man. So a lot <laughs> of times when these guys commit to Nebraska or they sign, uh, I'll have them on the show and like I remember when I had, I know, I'll, I'll say his name, Wondell Robinson, you know. Yep. He'd never been to a runza, so his big thing he was going to do when he, when he got on campus was he was going to have a runza. You know, some of these other guys, they have, you know, they want to go here, do this, or do that. And I'll never forget Valentino's. Garrett Nelson. Yep. Yeah, Garrett Nelson is the only one who's ever given me this answer. And he said it, like, without hesitation and with such conviction in his voice that I knew he wasn't full of crap. Because sometimes people will say things they, they just know you yeah. want to hear. I go, hey, man, what's the first thing you're going to do when you get on campus? He goes, oh, I'm going to go work out. <laughs> to this day, that is my favorite answer I've ever That's amazing. So, yeah. That well, makes us love Garrett. That tells you a lot about Garrett Nelson. That makes us love him even more. Yeah, well, look, who's, look who the weight room was named after, and look whose picture's all over the wall. It's Sue. I mean, I mean yeah, I mean, why wouldn't he want to go there? I mean, it's no Adam character, but, you know. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> I mean, he, he's the type of kid that, I mean <laughs> – I don't know what other type of offers he had, but he was a he's you know, a small he's town Nebraska, Nebraska kid that just wanted to be a beast mm-hmm. and you know wanted to come and and show that off and yeah. he has and I love it. Still love the guy. So <laughs> awesome, Adam. I appreciate that. That's a good story. I, I don't. That is a really good that, story. So. Um, well, we appreciate your time as always, Adam, getting with us today, and um, hopefully we'll get a chance to talk later on this year, and hopefully we see some more improvements and we uh, we see some things against Buffalo again. You said twenty seven twenty four, I think is what your prediction was. Um, I, I, I'm hoping I'm hoping for maybe thirty one twenty thirty one seventeen. Yep. But I, again, they put up sixty nine points in their first game, so they they did what they needed to do as their first team. So we'll see what we can do. Yeah, I don't know, man. This Buffalo. It's, it, it, maybe I'm. Maybe I'm. Oh God, I'm gonna say it. Maybe I'm Scott Frosting it. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just like you know. I 
a weird feeling. They yeah. were really good last year. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, I know they, they lost some folks. They lost some they coach. Kansas. I, I get all that. Yep. And then they come out and they drop 69 on Wagner. I know it's Wagner. It sounds yeah, like a middle name school. <laughs> you know, but it's, I don't know. Had we started fast, maybe we would have dropped 69 and scored comparison. Isn't a very accurate way to compare teams. Yeah. Something like, we just haven't looked consistently good, and that's what concerns me. Yeah. They're not going to be bigger. They're not going to be more athletic. Okay. But are they going to be more consistent? Are they going to have better continuity? That's that's what concerns yeah. me. Because until I see no fumbles on special teams, okay, until I'm a thousand percent confident we're going to make every extra point, yep. until I'm sure we can do a handoff without a fumble, we look better in the penalty department. So that was great, you know. It's, but until I see these things and I have full confidence, man, I would love to see because we're favored by eleven and a half. I'd love to see a two touchdown win. Yeah, I just for right now. My mind goes to, oh, God, if we lost, what would happen? Mm, mm. You know, which is terrible, but I'm not a former player, so. Yeah. (laughs) So, anyways, uh, I just want to get the win. Oklahoma didn't look great, and then we'll see what happens against the Sooners. And that's what's great about you, Adam. Not only are you a former player, but you're also a fan, and you're going to see – you're going to see things from a different perspective, and that's what we like talking about is you're going to see, and same thing when we get Brandon Kenny on the show, you guys have different perspectives than we do because we didn't play the game you know, in college and especially at a high level so or in the pros. So um, we appreciate you coming on the show today. Appreciate your time, and as always, uh, you know, we'll be in touch. and. Uh, hopefully we get a couple, you know, squeak out a, a bowl, a bowl game this year. So. Yeah. Well, and I know you have like twenty-seven kids, Adam, but we'd love to uh, get to get together with you sometime. So approximately. So uh, hope yeah. the family's doing well. No. Yeah, appreciate. I think twenty-seven's rounding down. But no, I'm just <laughs> having me. And, yeah. So no. We, up, come on anytime. We so. we see we see the pictures and and we love it. So and any anytime that if you're going to be in Lincoln and uh, you want to. You want to come on live with us? We'll get you on video. I know you love doing that. We'll uh, we'd love to come and chat with you in person and, and get to meet you in person. So um, again, we appreciate it. Yeah, no, that sounds great. Again, thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, awesome. thanks, take care, Adam. Adam. All right, bye. Okay, see. <laughs> A little bit of an awkward sign off. All right, guys. Uh, <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. I'm Matt. <laughs> I'm Jimmy. <laughs> We're two average guys. Y'all have a good day. Uh, happy more, happy uh, Labor Day. Labor Day. And uh, we'll chat with you soon. Go Big Red.